Hey! Hi, this is Dr. Christine. And Dr. Colin. And we are your co-hosts for the exciting new podcast called Love, Love Scrubs, Scrubs, and Stories, where we dive deep into the world of dating and relationships and go beyond the people wearing the white coats, the scrubs, and the stethoscopes. Come join us on this journey where we engage in dialogue and share stories of love, heartbreak, resilience, and triumphs. And we also navigate our professional lives with our hearts on our sleeves. Please remember to subscribe and hit the notification button to stay up to date on all future episodes. And, and we, we look, look forward, forward to, to seeing, seeing you inside. inside. Hey. Hello, everybody. <laughs> love. Welcome to the Love, Girls and Stories podcast. We're so excited to be here. I'm your co-host, Dr. Christine Wen, and I'm very excited to be joined in today by my fabulous, ultra-fabulous co-host, the chef doc, Dr. Colin Zhu. <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you so much for coming on to this episode. If you are new to us, please remember to hit that subscribe button. And Christine, what do we have in store for today? Well, we have a very important topic. We're going to talk about self-sabotage today because... Even though like you and I are in family medicine, so we're, you know, generalists considering, right? But I say we we also have a specialty. And do you know what that specialty is, Colin? Hmm, let me guess. Doing too much? <laughs> Doing too much, being too busy. I think we are specialists in self-sabotage as physicians, mm. you know, not just, you know, as like family physicians, but I think all, you know, physicians and other, you know, healthcare professionals. You know, I think that, I mean, it's quite prevalent the self-sabotage. So I thought, you know, it would be important for us to talk about this. We have a special guest expert who, you know, knows all about this and can share with us her insights and her teachings on this topic. Can you give us, um, you know, an example of how self-sabotage comes up for you? Yeah. And for me, and I, I would have you know, I would dare say for a lot of us is this busy excuse, right? Sure, we're busy, right? And I say this all the time. Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. But, you know, the more I think about it, yeah, but everybody's busy, right? It's it's how you you manage your time. And I might, am I using that excuse a little bit too much, you know, especially when it comes to dating and relationships. And the more I think about it, you know, it's true. You know, this is something that I have to like really question my belief on like, this busyness. And, and I often use that excuse a lot to not date, you know, and the desires there, but I think I also have the fear, you know? And so I think I use that as an excuse. So I don't, you know, always go there in terms of dating. Yeah. So go and, there in terms of like opening yourself up. Or... Yeah. It's, it's, a, you know, it's the, the whole thing about being vulnerable. Right. I mean, I, mm. I find myself at moments like I am, and then and then at other times I'm not like, uh, you know, I have this pattern where I will, you know, dip my toes into the dating pool, you know, for, for a little bit. And then, you know, whatever fears I have, and then, you know, and then I find myself backing out of it. And then I'm like, oh, I'm so busy right now. And I can't right now. And I'll do it like next week. I'll do it next month, you know, but I think at the root of it, I think it's just a lot of fears. And so, you know, this is a form of self-sabotage that I recognize that I need to work on. Hmm. How about yeah, you, that's Colin? Great. No, yeah, just in I, general. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, thank you for sharing that. I would say for me personally, you know, in regards with busyness, I've noticed a lot, you know, being a physician entrepreneur that you we can easily just stay busy and on the go, go, go. And then at the end of the day, you kind of look back and you say to yourself, was I even productive? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just like to fill my <laughs> plate. 
Yeah. Do, do I just I like to fill my, do I want to fill my play just for the heck of you know filling my play? But do I actually get anything done? Right. In terms of relationships, I would probably say. In the past, I've noticed that I would be quick to judge because I feel like I have a strong, you know, observing eye and intuitive sense. And once I kind of vibe it out with someone and, you know, probably my initial first impressions take hold, then I probably won't contact that person. And the downside of that is uh, the pro of that is I get to save myself time. You know, I think maybe I'm might have acted as a self-defense mechanism, save some time, you know, don't put too much of yourself out there. The con of it is I don't allow the opportunity to kind of get to know them, right? So you're kind of quick to judge and then you write them off and mm-hmm. you don't have that opportunity to open up, open up a dialogue, conversation to go deeper with them. And so you may not, you may find something that is mutual common interest, but you don't know because you haven't given that said person an opportunity to converse and connect. So that's my relationship with um, self-sabotage. Yeah. Thank you, Colin, for sharing all that and all the amazing insights that you've added as well. And I think to for me to you know add on to to that in terms of my own self-sabotage, I've also noticed that I have a tendency to to friend zone a lot, you know, specifically yeah. men <laughs> whom I'm interested in. And I think this is definitely a form of self-sabotage where it's just the fear that maybe if I just put them in the friend zone, you know, it'll just be easier. To so kind of like think... put them at an arm's distance yeah, and then yeah. not let maybe, them in. Yeah, not let them in because of the fear of like getting too close and just being, you know, having to like open up because it's tough with the relationships, right? Especially I feel like in the beginning that, you know, it's so easy. I feel like to have a lot of like first dates, you know. But I think the challenge is where you get past that, you know, because I've gone through phases of my life where, you know, I would do that, you know, have one or two dates and Mm -hmm. then quickly friend zone them, you know, Mm -hmm. and perhaps this is just another form of self-sabotage because I'm afraid Mm -hmm. to to go deeper. And that's definitely something that, you know, I'm recognizing and some friends, actually a number of friends have pointed out, you know, (laughs) Uh, Christine, how about we, you know, we try and move on to the third date, you know? Um, so you're like, yeah. no, 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 no friend zone now. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm like, I don't think we're a good fit, you know, but you know, maybe it just goes back to the same, you know, problem that I have is quickly judging them and not giving this relationship a chance, you know? And so I'm glad we're talking about this and I'm glad we have a guest expert today who can dive deep into this, these topics further and give us some insights and some, some, you know, some tips on how to go about in handling some of these, these issues, acknowledging them and just taking it further. For sure. Let me uh, introduce them. So I have the great pleasure of introducing our guest expert today. Her name is Meg uh, Smithson. And, you know, she's a very dear friend of mine. I go back way, way back. She has training in the culinary arts. She's a health coach. She's a life coach. In one liner, I probably would say she is a self-sabotage expert and relationship uh, coach. I love what she does, who she is. She is so authentic and so, you know, just so sincere, you know, to the core. And, you know, she has a, she has a wealth of knowledge. You know, I personally give her a nickname called Sock, you know, short for (laughs) Socrates. And she's just awesome. So I can't wait to bring her on. Please uh, welcome 
Meg. Hey. Hi, Meg. Hey. <laughs> welcome to intro. Oh, welcome to the <laughs> Love's Girls and Stories podcast. We're so delighted that you've joined us today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I was taking notes when you guys were. <laughs> You're like, hmm, there's so many things that we can dive deep into with these two and all of their issues. My, Where are you calling from, Meg? I'm from Indianapolis. Well, we currently are in Avon, Indiana. So it's weird to say not Indianapolis anymore, but yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So this topic, I'm sure, is very, very near and dear to your heart. And mm-hmm. you know, I personally know that you have created a whole community and many, many different versions and iterations of, of this uh, said topic. So just to orient the audience, can you tell us a little bit about how you came into the space? Because you have a lot of different types of skill sets. And you know, the audience is wondering, how did you fall into this arena? Well, I think just like most of us, we gravitate towards the thing that we're not good at at first, or we struggle with, or we just have a story around. And in a nutshell, I know Christine, you had asked about a little bit of personal, and I think this would be a good segue into that. I called a fully paid off wedding almost 15 years ago. So as much as that wasn't fun, it was probably one of the boldest things I'd ever done in order to follow my heart and figure out who I was. And after that became a decade of disastrous dating. And there was also good dating too. And really, I was on a mission to try to figure out who I was, what I was meant to do in this world, what I wanted to do from an entrepreneurial standpoint with back to school and all these different things. And I thought I would share this part of the story, especially from what you had said was one of your struggles with friend zoning people in college. I had a crush on my now husband and we were kind of, I thought I was in the friend zone and I think he had friend zoned me as well. And after I had called my wedding off, he professed his love to me and I like couldn't breathe at first. (laughs) I was so excited. Oh my, he's, he was waiting in the winds. Yeah. And so all of this happened, but I wasn't in a state to actually start dating yet. And he realized that. And, you know, as much as I wanted him to just be like, oh, take this hot mess. Like he knew I needed to go on and figure out who I was. Never in a million years that I think that we would like come back together. We tried dating then. I moved away. I did a lot of things on my own. And then eight years later, came back into each other's lives and have been inseparable and we're married. So friend zoning will lead to a lot of regret if it's someone that you truly are meant to be with. So I know that was something that I lived with for a while because I thought like I should have known who I was and, you know, what I wanted at that time, but just, it wouldn't have worked the way that it did. So. Oh, thank you for sharing that story, Meg. So what steps did you take? What types of work did you do to help you get there to that point? I think one of the biggest things was honestly just personal development. I got big time into the personal development world through schooling too. I did a lot of healing work, even with yoga. I I never really actually got into the therapy world. I probably would have sped things up a little bit, but I was pretty good about slowing down and seeing what was going on. Like anxiety was a big thing for me. And I started noticing how it would shift when I was around better people. 
as well when I took better care of myself, when I wasn't jam-packing my schedule into everything to keep myself busy all the time, which it worked for a season. I know both of you are, are in that realm right now too. But those are probably the biggest things is like really started to figure out the patterns of what I didn't want to experience anymore gave me clues to what I did want to experience. Because a lot of times like people will say, well, I don't know, like the type of person I want. Well, tell me what you don't want. And then we're going to flip it. And then you'll be able to start looking for the red flags or you'll start to be able to say, hey, like this is not even close to the person I want to be with. I'm not even going to waste my time here. Let's just move on. Can you share with the audience, what is the proper definition in your words of what self-sabotage means? And, you know, our audience is for healthcare professionals and, you know, you've had a lot of, you know, clients that are high achievers, high performers, you're high performing yourself as well as a entrepreneur. So, you know, how would you define self-sabotage number one? And what would you say from your experience, what are the commonalities on, on how how that applies to high-performing people. Yeah, I, I break self-sabotage down pretty general and pretty just basic. It's you're in your own way and you know that you're in your own way in some form and it's how to get out of your own way is the way that we break through self-sabotage. So basically, if you see like this is the goal that you want and this is where you're at, the self-sabotage is right in the middle that makes sense. So it's how to get through that. It's like trying to just get through it. And sometimes you do have to go through it and you have to figure out like, why, why is busyness like for both of you guys, like why is busyness comforting? Cause a lot of self-sabotage is comforting. It could be numbing. It can be a distraction. And you know, something that I heard from both of you, well, like the busyness was one of them that I heard from both of you. And I definitely have done that too, because if you can keep yourself busy, you can keep yourself distracted, which puts that success in whatever form that is. Maybe it's marriage, maybe it's something in your career, maybe it's monetary, whatever it is on the other side, it keeps you further away from it versus closer without feeling any type of guilt because you're busy, right? You're busy. Someone asked me how you're doing. I'm busy. Okay. No, we, we say that a lot, right? I'm busy. I've got, yeah. you know, X, Y, and things to do. And let me do this. And then this will happen, right? It, and, you know, unfortunately, I say that way too much. So if we can take this a step further, you mentioned some of those reasons. Can you just, let's expand that further. Other possibilities that I know for myself, perhaps mm -hmm. it's, you know, the loneliness factor mm -hmm. is also at play. Have you noticed that to be a prevalent thing? And it's some other additional reasons why, mm -hmm. why I, we self-sabotage? The loneliness is a, a huge void that, you know, is, is hard to get away from. And it's also a reason why people stay in terrible relationships, too, because they'd rather have someone there than no one. And I can even tell you from past experience, too, I was in some not good relationships for that very reason. So, again, it, it's dependent upon what you've gone through in your life. Like for me, I have gone through a lot of death in my family. And so sometimes when you don't have those people there or friendships or whatever, then you want to have a person. And if you don't have the person, then you just fill it with work. Oh, just get another job. Oh, pick up a ship. Oh, you only work 24 hours? Got you. I, another project. And if you don't put boundaries around that, your world is always going to be operated and filled with the work things. And you may not fill 
that feeling that you really, really want. So a lot of times, like, especially for overachievers, you're after a feeling, right? You want to feel powerful. You want to feel successful. You want to feel like you're helping people. You're healing people. You want to be seen for the status that you guys are, but you also really want to be connected with someone too, right? You want to feel seen for who you actually are outside of your work status, right? And I think that's like the harder part too, is like when you can take that away, something that was really powerful for me, Colin, you may have known this, I don't know, but like when I moved to New York, prior to being in New York and I went back to, to school and that's where Colin and I met, I was really like, I was from a small town. I was known like, you know, everybody knows you. And then I, I was a trainer and I was helping people in that realm. And like people knew you and you kind of make a name for yourself where you're at. And then when I moved to New York, nobody knew who I was, but I wanted to tell people who I was. And then I started to question, why do I have to do that? Like I can, I have a free slate. I can just be Meg and they can like me or not. And I don't have to have a title behind my name. And so I think sometimes that's something to really question too. Like, who are you if you don't have that? And like, what would yeah. people say about you? About yeah. your heart, about your kindness, about your ability to help, your drive. Like, what would your drive be if you didn't have the title? There's so many points I would love to talk about. Like, number one, yeah, there might be, you know, I can't say on all of us, but, you know, there is a contribution of ego whenever you're in the doctor role, you know, whether we'd like to admit this or not. I like to say I can fit through a door, right? And we're also in the profession of giving. And so boundaries is huge. And, you know, we've talked about this before, Christine, in terms of, you know, our cultural upbringing, there's no such thing as boundaries, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, you want some privacy? It's like, oh, you know, you want to self-care? What the, what the heck is that? You know, like there is no such thing as boundaries. So when you're in a profession of constantly given, uh, mm -hmm. giving, and then, you know, for us as examples, you know, no such thing as boundaries, then you're constantly in this mode of not being able to receive. You know, I like the, I like what you said about, you know, besides the title and status, you know, at the heart of it, it's really about connection. And this applies to you, Christine. And that's how you started off with White Coat Romance at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, and it started off is really to engage, you know, community and to foster that and to cultivate that. And, you know, look where it is now. It's blossomed, you know, very, very well. Yeah. Thank you both for mentioning all those points because I'm like doing a whole lot of reflecting right now. And so, the, yeah, I mean, the group started out of loneliness, right? Mm -hmm. And just bringing community together and just the need for human connection. And then just to expand on further, like it's, you know, it's true, Meg, this, you know, and Colin, you mentioned the ego factor too, because on one hand, like we don't, you know, like if we lead with that, right? Our titles and things mm -hmm. like that, then <laughs> sometimes we can't help but question or be suspicious of if someone wants to be our friend, because I've definitely mm -hmm. done that in the past, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You know, for X, Y, and re reason that may be related, you know, to my title my status, you know? Yeah. And then, and then we talked about, you guys both mentioned boundaries, which is a, a huge thing. We can like go into another full episode on this. So Meg, what are your recommendations on how, how should we go about, you know, in terms of establishing boundaries or think about it, you know, when it comes to relationships, what are your recommendations? I think one of the, the biggest things first is to figure out what you want. And so let's say, 
you know, you both said stuff about culturally with family or, or just no space and that kind of thing. Well, how can you figure out, like, if you do want, let's say you worked crazy shifts back to back to back and you just need some quiet and maybe you get a phone call that your sibling or your parents or your grandma, whatever, wants you to come and mow their lawn and do grocery shopping and cook for them and then go to a big family thing and just all the things. And all of a sudden you're already overwhelmed with what you just went through. Let's say you had just some crazy cases, some death, like whatever inside of your practice. And then you had to go into that. And so would you be saying yes, just in order to show that you do love them, even though you're going against the love that you need to give to yourself at that moment? Or could you be strong enough to be like, okay, this is what's going on in my life. I need some space and some room. I love you. I will do whatever, but I need this first or else I'm going to be dragging. I'm going to be like coming in at like half Colin, half Christine, and you want the whole 110% me. And I think it's what's on the other line on that. If you've lived a life without any type of boundaries, it's going to be foreign to them too when you tell them no for the first time. And I think getting more comfortable with seeing no not as a disconnect from love, but it's actually a love for you so you can love on someone else more, that's where things change. So what pops up for both of you when I say that? (laughs) Boundaries are hard. Boundaries are hard, hard, hard. And it's it's a practice. For me, what what comes up for me is, you know, when you say, when you practice saying no to others, it's Mm -hmm. it's reflexively saying yes to yourself. Mm -hmm. And I constantly remind myself and I constantly practice that. And at the end of the day, you know, when I think of boundary setting, I think about it as it's more self-care as opposed Mm -hmm. to being selfish. Because you can look at it and say like, you know, if you say no to someone, it could be seen as, you know, selfish. And at the end of the day, instead of kind of think about it, thinking about it in terms of like a balancing act of like, how many yeses do you say, you know, today? Or how many yeses do you say to, you know, loved ones, family and friends, as opposed to saying and asking yourself, okay, in the present moment, check in with yourself. How do I feel today? Right? How do I, you know, what is going on with Colin, for example, what does he need? And, you know, despite anyone else, and how do I fill up, you know, my cup? And so checking in with yourself and what do I need? And then if that means, okay, I have to say no to someone in order to, you know, fill my cup back up, then that's what needs to happen. So it's definitely about, you know, checking in and then practicing. It does, I think with any type of quote unquote negative lifestyle or behavior habit, Mm -hmm. that takes practice. So in Mm -hmm. order to foster self-help and self-care, that also takes small practice as well. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like, if you take an example, like if where you guys both work, if you got a phone call and I don't know how it all works with both of this, but let's just say that this is in my head, what I think would happen. If you got a phone call at like 1am and you had just left work and you got home at 9pm and they needed you to come in and you have not slept and you just gave four days back to back to back, not to say that you couldn't say yes, but what would your knee jerk reaction be to come in at 1am? just because someone else was on vacation. Probably, you probably wouldn't want to do it, right? Like, it would probably be an easy no, unless they were guilt tripping you or something. And I think the same thing happens with family or with friendships or with work things where 
a lot of times things are set up conditionally versus unconditionally. And we have to remember relationships should be unconditional. There should be unconditional love. And so if something's built on all the conditions, like that's a lot to maintain, right? Like if you have to do all of this just to have some type of love, that's a lot. That's a lot to try to keep up with. So no wonder we run around exhausted because we got to do that at work. We got to do it with family. We got to do it with relationships. Now we got a date. We got friends, like dogs. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I that's th- a lot. I think the guilt tripping definitely hits home because especially in our landscape of the healthcare system. I think that the way doctors are in the current landscape is that, you know, we, you know, I can probably say this on behalf of all of us is that we get pushed over a lot and, you know, we're guilt tripped, you know, into taking extra shifts or doing this or doing that. And, you know, we took an oath to serve. And so it's a lot harder for us to say no, but at the same time, it's at the expense When we say yes to everyone, it's the expense of ourselves, you know, whether it's emotions, right, whether it's mentally. And only until now is where we are more cognizant and mindful of things like physician burnout, physician wellness, and mental health, right? And that shouldn't be the case. And we weren't taught this at school. So the guilt tripping, you know, the the power dynamic, you know, that's a whole nother topic in terms of bureaucracy and stuff like that. But I think that applies, you know, in, in terms of how that would apply to dating and relationships. Yeah. Great tips, Meg and Colin. And and I really liked this shift in mindset on how to, you know, approach some of these topics. And for sure, Colin, I agree. Like, you know, being physicians and other high-level professionals, like I think, you know, our altruistic nature can, you know, often be taken advantage of mm-hmm. at times, you know? And yeah, it's, I mean, for me personally, it's hard to say no. If I can help someone, you know, then I will try, but uh-huh. I have to much better. <laughs> yeah. I thought about, I thought about you guys because I, I feel like this probably happens to you a lot and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but since people know that you are in the healthcare world and if you have family or friends or just you tell them what you do, then they automatically are like, oh my gosh, like something's wrong with my ear. Can you take a look at it? Or I've had this issue and they want to just start like receiving your services like that. And you're like, okay, we're not mm-hmm. in the space or whatever, but that happens too like with me. And I, I've had to put boundaries around that too sometimes. And it can be hard because people want your advice or they want your help all the time, which I love to help. But when it comes at different hours in the night, if it comes, you know, I'm not going to answer a call like that at night. Or if it's just continuously doing all that and they're not inside of a coaching retainer or just, just not respecting the boundaries that you lay. Like it's a, it's a, practice just like with you guys like I'm sure you don't like to or maybe not like but you probably shouldn't be seeing the people outside without your tools in the practice where they can come in there and actually see you that's a boundary right there I have a question going back to what we were talking about of using busyness Mm -hmm. as a crutch right (laughs) how would you say you know for those of us that uh, you know (laughs) admittingly more than we want to, how can we not use less of that as a crutch and learn to open ourselves up to opportunities for better relationships, whether it's romantic or, you know, maybe even just platonic. I mean, you could just say I'm busy all day long to your friends and not be able to catch up with them, right? Hey guys, we'll be right back. And now a word from our sponsors. 
The Love Girls and Stories podcast is a collaboration and co-production between The Chef Doc and White Coat Romance. The Chef Doc is a wellness platform that offers innovative approaches to thriving and offers a self-empowerment book, podcast series, on-demand masterclass series, as well as a brand new app. The app provides self-guided education such as food as medicine, self-care, and resilience. Coaching services are also available, whether you prefer one-on-one or group-type settings. Please go now to your app store, as well as Apple as Google Play to download for free. White Coat Romance is a dating app for healthcare and health-related professionals and students in the U.S. and Canada. It's a lively space where you can find love, companionship, and build meaningful connections with like-minded professionals. If you're single, go to the App Store and Google Play to download and join our vibrant community. As we both serve these amazing communities, we also acknowledge the value of continuing education. Therefore, we're super excited to share an enticing opportunity with our listeners. Our episodes are continuing education eligible. That's right. You now have the opportunity to earn valuable credits while enjoying our content. Rest assured, the episodes will always remain free as we are committed to supporting our communities and amplifying the voices of healthcare professionals. To get a better understanding of how this works, the first three episodes are free to obtain, then the rest of the podcast episodes are at a nominal cost. So you might be asking who can earn credits? Well, physicians, nurses, nurse practitioners, physicians associates, pharmacists, dentists, as well as dietitians and dietetic technicians. If you find yourself in need of CE credits, we kindly ask you to consider directing your CE funds towards supporting our cause. Your contribution would greatly help us nurture our podcast production and continue to bring you valuable content. We are deeply grateful for your support. From all of us here at Love Scrubs and Stories Podcast, thank you so much for choosing us. And enjoy the rest of this episode. Hey guys, thanks for listening. And now back to the episode. So how do we, how can we use less of excuses like that as a crutch to open up more conversations for deeper and meaningful relationships? I think, okay, so everything happens slowly if you're going to try to keep something more sustainable. So if you think about people that want to run, but they never run or they're not in shape to run, or they just have not practiced that, you know, there was the whole couch to 5k. So They had to run this amount of time or this amount of distance one day and then the next day and the next day. You can use something like that as an example to get better at the relationship world. So if you, let's say you look at your month and you look at your calendar, how often you're working, but you don't want to keep going like this on the relationship (laughs) roller coaster and you want to put yourself out there more, but you also don't want to be burnt out. You can put on your calendar, let's say on Saturday evenings, you're just going to already have stuff ready to take off your scrubs and have clothes on. You're going to go out to dinner with somebody on one of the dating apps, or you're going to go out to a club. I don't know if you go to a club, but just here's an example. Somewhere (laughs) there's people. Okay, 50 cent. All right. All right. Calm down now. (laughs) Go Go to a coffee shop where you might meet people there too. And so have your stuff already on you ready to go so you don't have to go home first and then just go ahead and and go to wherever you feel comfortable with and then check in with yourself at the end of the month or at the end of the week and just see was that too much was that enough did do you feel satisfied with what you did was it really not your your vibe just did you meet people and again you're like 
I'm, I don't know how you guys are entirely, but I'm what they call an ex or an outgoing extra or introvert, not extrovert. And so I have to have my time to myself too, to then go out and recharge. So if you're like that too, maybe you don't want to do that every single day. Maybe you don't want to do that every single weekend. So maybe that's only going to be like two times for the month. And maybe you'll have better results in that realm than actually going more frequently. So again, it's based off of your needs and how you guys feel and, and what fills your fuel tank up. But I think blocking in your calendar is going to make it like you would for a workout and you start habit stacking some of those things. So if you know in the morning you have a strong morning routine and you wake up, you read something, you work out, whatever it is. That's how you get relationally fit too. You have to put in those reps. You have to put yourself out there. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to get out there. There's other ways to meet people too. But like with Christine, for you, if you know that your your spot of self-sabotage is, okay, you go on the first couple dates, kind of surface level, then we need to ramp up the vulnerability and put yourself out there and just test yourself. It doesn't even have to be the result of a husband on the other side of it, just putting yourself out there and be proud of yourself for getting more vulnerable than you did the, the time before. And you guys can look at that as stats if you want to, too. If you want to see yourself actually progressing since you're overachievers, too, be like, yes, I shared this part of my life today. I haven't gotten that far. Like, we're not worried about first, second, third base. We're working on vulnerability here. And let's be sure to graph it, right, in percentages and see the progress and, you know, over time. And You can't you get know. shit done without a pie chart. <laughs> right, right. Bar graphs, see the growth in it and the different categories. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. I, I love, yeah, and I love that you use the words relationally fit, right? Whether we're talking about with ourselves or with a partner, let's let's take that a step further because I think it would be helpful for me and for the rest of our audience. What additional tips or strategies do you have to become relationally fit so that it will optimize our, you know, our chances to match with our ideal person? Like, yeah, what do you, what do you recommend? So, although I use relationally fit primarily with relationships, I also think it applies to your relationship to anything, especially so if you're dating, that's a type of relationally fit because you yourself need to be in a good space to date and make sure that you're filling up yourself first before you put yourself out there. And then even when you're married or when you're in a committed relationship, you want to continue to do the things that you did before and just keep doing those. So what is your relationship to your faith? What is your relationship to food and health? What is your relationship to taking care of your body? What is your relationship to taking care of your mind? What is your relationship to finances? What is your relationship to work? So you can have all these different categories for you and what your relationship to those things are. So Christine will add your relationship to vulnerability. <laughs> we'll have those on there and yours. Being more consistent with it. I have moments <laughs> that I can be, but, you know, I think just to like jump in real quick, like, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, I, I have, I feel like I connect with a lot of people and it's, it's, you know, and I enjoy, I enjoy the connections and the conversations and, and so, but a lot of times like, yeah, it ends up just being surface level, you know, and, and then I, I kind of get stuck there and I, and that's what happens, you know? What do you think? What do you think the reason with that is? Do you think it's the people? Do you think it's something inside of you that's like a little bit scared to go there? Or yeah, without without a doubt, it's fear. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely, I, I think yeah, just the fear of like just 
it's it's also a control issue. I mean, I think at the root of it, that's really the big part of the fear, right? Just mm-hmm. being afraid to like lose control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I got to yeah loosen the grip on that. <laughs> well, and control is such a big thing for a lot of people. I mean, we want to know <laughs> the outcomes of everything, but then at the same time, do we really want to know the outcomes of everything before, you know, we go in and try something? Not, not necessarily. And I think that if you could pick a time and you don't have to say this out loud or if you want to, you can, but this is something that sometimes with, with me, we get to the roots of something just like with you guys in practice so that you're not continuing doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. The same results. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if you look back and this might be some homework for you, unless you want to do it here and you look at like the last time you did have a deeper connection with someone and you did feel vulnerable, what did that look like? And then if you go back and you look at other times where it was a surface level, like what happened in between those? Was it something with that deeper relationship that that caused you to almost have like a PTSD type of fear to then put yourself back out there? Because that's that's real, especially in relationships with heartbreak or it can go back from even us being kids where maybe you said what your favorite color was and what your favorite Disney princess was and someone made fun of it. And then you didn't want to be vulnerable and tell anybody about your Disney princess anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Meg, for that. And I think really, I think at the really, now that we go deeper and deeper into all this, I think it's just the fear of getting hurt. Like I've been vulnerable, you Mm -hmm. know, in dating and relationships. And then it's just that just getting hurt. And it's, I understand it's part of the process, but it's hard, right? You get vulnerable. (laughs) And then in my brain somehow, you know, being vulnerable, you know, somehow leads to, it doesn't necessarily mean that, right? Just getting hurt. And it's just a natural part of relationships, you know, when things don't work out. And then for me, I don't know, I've mentioned this in the past, but I tend to be the jumpy (laughs) rather than the jumper, you know, even when I don't feel like the relationships, the relationship is working out, but it's really Mm -hmm. hard for me to, to be the one to break up. Yeah. I just, I don't want to hurt anybody. And, you know, I'm like, maybe I just need to like, you know, give this, another chance give it a try and I think that's really what it comes down to is just just repeatedly like just getting hurt you know mm-hmm. so it's that fear and I think like yeah. noticing, I, I think noticing when that pops up too for you will be really pivotal and just to remind yourself that's not happening right now and like what I want on the other side of this could be really beautiful and especially if you don't friend zone everyone okay <laughs> <laughs> But when you can see that and also know it may be part of it, but it also could not be part of it. How about if your next person is literally happening this year? Just but I mean, to think with that mentality sometimes versus think of because that's a, a big mind shift to start happen, thinking about and not using your past as all the evidence of why it's going to be so hard. It's just going to be torturous. Oh, I just don't want to spend all this energy versus what if it could be fun? What if you got to co-create the experience that you actually had? What if it actually works the way that you want it to? I think that's the thing that we have to flip our brains to versus getting stuck in that like vortex of doom, like <laughs> dating doom. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. All great things to think about. I love how this turned into a coaching session. Yeah, I know. I think it's like a Christine, like the therapy coaching session. <laughs> I mean, well, this is good. It. This is good. We don't know everything. And at the same time, we're all here to learn, you know, to your point. And thank you for opening up, Christine. And, you know, it's um, at the end of the day, it's really about reminding ourselves, what is it we want at the end of the day? And, you know, for me, it's 
keep going, you know, be persistent, even if it hurts, you know, and even if it hurts can help us does, you know, it, it makes you want to like, you know, clench up and not want to put yourself out there anymore. But what it, you know, what is it, what is it going to do? It's going to stop you from, you know, finding the next person that potentially could be it. If I didn't open up enough to be able to attract that person into your space. So we're looking at the time and we definitely want to wrap up. Is there any last takeaways or thoughts, Meg, on your side in terms of like just actionable steps for people to get out of their own way? Uh, Like you said, you know, from your um, experience, because I know you've worked with so many great people and you also received a lot and you and I are very similar. We're, you know, we're all, we're all here to eternally learn and uh, Mm -hmm. consistently grow and, you know, progress ourselves. I think, especially since we're, we're speaking here on dating and what that looks like, especially in, in busy worlds and busy lives, is if you were to ask yourself this, and this may be something to journal on for both of you, but the person that you envision has all the different categories and all the different qualities and the characteristics, if that person, this is a big form of self-sabotage right here, if that person were to show up right now, would you be ready? And if not, why? So if that person were to walk in this door, you know, we always think about these things, but if they were to come in, like, how would you be, I guess, able to receive them, to interact with them, to connect with them? Would you close up? Would you be ready? Would you sabotage and think that all those things that you wanted for all this long weren't enough? And then the other question is, are you being that person now? that's going to be able to attract that other type of person. And so I think that's a good thing to just look at. And there's no shame. You don't want to shame yourself if something isn't where it needs to be. It's like, okay, and just take it as data and be like, okay, this is an area that I probably need to just work on a little bit and add to my calendar of things to do. (laughs) I love it. Great. It's very, very good. Thanks, Meg. I mean, wonder, lots of great thoughts to ponder over and really wonderful take home points. Really appreciate you and, and all the recommendations and strategies that you, you know, brought today. What are the best ways to reach you? Should our audience have, you know, additional questions or want to learn more about the work that you do and perhaps guide them in their journey to be relationally fit? What, what are the best ways to reach you through socials or, and, and are there exciting things that come in, in the pipeline for you that you'd like to share? Yeah. So if you have questions, you can email me at meg at megsmithson.com. You can also visit the website megsmithson.com. On there, I have information about coaching one-on-one at a high level with me. We also are reintroducing one of our digital courses called The Relationship Revolution. So it will probably be out by the time this airs. And then I am, I think... Going to be doing a podcast on my own. <laughs> All right. Why do you have to say it like that? No. Be happy. We love it. I, I, wanted, I wanted to do this for a while, but now I feel like it's getting there. So 2024-ish should be the time for that. And I really want to bring up a lot of these topics and to work on the relationally fit being something that people do no matter where they are at in life. Because whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're divorced, whatever... You have to keep working on that just like you would a workout to stay relationally fit. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, Meg, thank you so, so much. You know, such, this can go on forever. You know, it's very, for me, it definitely hits home in terms of, you know, reminding ourselves where we, what we want at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I think a part of being busy is not allowing ourselves to slow down, take a mm-hmm. beat, reflect and remind ourselves of, okay, what is it I want? Where am I now? Where am I now? And, you know, what I want, has I changed? And if it's the same or different, how can I adjust course to get there? And, mm-hmm. you know, constantly remind ourselves, what is it that blocks me and gets me mm-hmm. in my own way? And how can I, like you said, flip it? How can I, you know, either use that as a learning lesson to hurdle over to get to my goals in dating and relationships? So, you know, thank you again. Absolutely. And I think, I think as you both get out there and date more and just what, what if this could be fun? What if this could be light? What if it could be restorative despite having craziness at work sometime and taking that mentality versus like the dread of like, it's another job. (laughs) It could very well be. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. That's true. That's true. Christine, do you have any last words? No, no. We Lots of great, you know, points and insights. So thank you, Meg, again. And with that, I think we'll wrap it up. And yeah, so excited for the, you know, for the work that you're doing and where this journey will take you and including the podcasting world. Yeah. That's very exciting. It's very exciting. Guys, definitely check out Coach Meg Smithson. If you like this, please like, comment, and subscribe. And if you feel that this is a benefit for someone else, please let them know. And until then, please say goodbye to Coach Meg. Bye. Bye, everyone. See you guys on the next episode. <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you so much for watching and listening to this channel. If you enjoyed this, please like, comment, and subscribe. And if you felt like this was a benefit for someone else, please let them know as well. As a reminder, this channel does not offer medical advice. All opinions expressed are ours and our guests only. It is for general informational purposes only and does not replace professional healthcare services. Please consult your own healthcare provider for any medical issues you may have. Until the next episode, whether you're in and out of your scrubs, please remember to love yourself and others and lead with kindness. Bye. Bye.